Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Match Ball podcast for the Reading home victory. 1-0 to Leeds United today at Ellen Road. I'm Dan Moylan, with me is Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. And we thank Levi Solicitors for their continued support. If you want 10% off your legal fees, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Well then, gents, I'm sure this recording could sound a lot like many other recordings we've done this year. A 1-0 win should have been more. They weren't great. We were fine. Should we go home? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's... Ordinary. Um, if we win every game 1 0, I'll take it. That'd be fine. Yeah, I think we'll go up doing that. I think we'll um, we'll do well. Thoughts on today then? Kind of a bit of a scrappy game. Was it the conditions? We didn't quite hit top gear like we did against Bristol, maybe? Not as good as against Bristol, but we're so much better than them. You can't stress enough just how much better we were mm. in, in pretty much every aspect. And then it does have to still come down to the last minute and us scrambling a ball away. I was really quite satisfied with injury time as well until then. The, earlier in injury time, we were, he was down in the bottom corner in front of the admittedly very hostile Reading fans. Oh, oh you wouldn't want to be in front of them, would you? Very, oh, it's a bear pit down there. Uh, and it was just in that corner. You think, lovely. This is where we this is where we do injury time. Let's just keep it down there. And then somehow they managed to almost score and almost win a penalty, which I've not seen back. But th- no. their strike I mean, their striker seemed convinced it was a penalty. But Yeah, but he's convinced uh, Reading are a good team, isn't he? Probably yeah. get off the pitch and go, like, oh, we played very well today, unlucky not to nick one. Their Idiots. striker was horrendously bad, I have to say, Puskas. Mm. He spent, I've never seen anyone quite so preoccupied with the physical side of the game. He seemed, to, he seemed obsessed with just shoving people about. What else was he going to do? But he didn't seem to be bothered where the ball was at all. Exactly. What else is he going to do? Because they didn't have the ball, did they? So, I mean, they had but, but to... But there were times uh, when he could have got it, but it was instead busy, like, elbowing people in the chest and just, just trying to throw people on the floor. It says something. Their best player by a mile is Jonathan Swift. And they subbed him off because he did nothing. Absolutely nothing. And we didn't even have um, Calvin Phillips against him for most of the game. He was just rubbish. Um so that helped. Four straight victories against Reading and uh, another win for us. They should just, why don't they just give up? Okay. I mean, you can. There's no point in Reading. I mean, we said in the preview, I don't know who any of them are. All right. They've got Charlie Adam, but. Well, they've got Pele and Puskas. <laughs> there's, well, exactly. It's just everything about them is just as false as the fingernail I found on the gantry, which we'll come on to later, which they, um, they just need to stop. Just playing football. Yeah, just stop playing football, being a football team, turning up every season. It's just, they they just 
annoy me. They're not even 15th anymore, they're 16th, so they've, they've messed that up too. But uh, yeah, just today's kind of um, mehness was definitely enhanced by the fact that it's Reading and I just don't care. Just another win we had to chalk up really, wasn't it, that one? Yeah, which on the weekend when I know uh, so West Brom obviously had an absolute walkover against Bristol City who uh, the poor tired darling lambs lay down but everybody else has kind of had a, a right old um, wobble in our favour. Um, and we're five points clear suddenly. It's good that, isn't it? <laughs> I was watching the Brentford game and even when Blackburn went two up I thought Brentford will still win this. I know, th- I know they're going to win this and they dived to win a penalty as well in that game. Admittedly, Bradley Johnson was a little bit brainless to put his hand on someone's shoulder, but he then went down as if he'd, as if he'd had his legs swept from under him. Bradley Johnson said, ain't so. <laughs> nice to have that gap open up again, though, isn't it? It feels like we can all not relax because we don't want to take our foot off the gas, but we can just sort of admire our position a little bit more and say, ah, okay, maybe we've got this. Just maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. I mean, we, we will still be top after Wednesday. So that's good. Top? Top two. Top two, Christ. It's because it matters so little to me whether we're top or just top two. Yeah. that We might as well be top. It is. Today was just a reassuring um, continuation of what we saw against Bristol City. Not quite at that level, but, um, I mean, maybe there's an argument that Reading are, are they better than Bristol City somehow, despite being miles below them in the league? Um, but just that, yeah. We can win games back to back. We haven't done that for a, a while um, this year, and just yeah, another three points. While all around us, like I say, um, the result: Fulham drawing at Derby last night and looking pretty bad. They're basically just um, if their goalkeeper has a good game, they draw. If he has a bad game, they lose three nil to Barnsley, and then yeah, Brentford only getting a draw at Blackburn Rovers. Um, those things help. And now pressed like I was saying to, I'm not going to say it. Go on, say it, go on, go on. I said to Phil when I got there. Go up where? I just... Go up where? Where where are you referring to? Where did you get up to? Well, I set up um, goal alerts for the teams that are kind of around us. Like, I look at the match and see which ones need to keep an eye on. And it's different teams every time. I was like, oh, yeah, so obviously Bristol coming in the playoffs. And then I'm like, oh, how how are Preston above them? Why now Preston on my mind? I don't care about Preston, but suddenly I have to take an interest in the fact that they beat Hull. And then I'll level on points with Brentford and Forest. Well, that was the thing at one stage today. Um, Blackburn were sixth and suddenly like six points behind us. I mean, they need to just fuck off. For every, <laughs> all, I know I've said this about Reading, and if I had my way, pretty much every other team would just get lost. It makes things a lot easier. Middlesbrough can stay because they're hilarious. Don't say that ahead of <laughs> Wednesday, you idiot. No, 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 it's going to be fine. If they, if they lose to Luton and Barnsley, the... the Bottom two teams, but they'll try against us. Can we? Can we? Just mention- bear, can I just say, by the way, that I've just seen a tweet saying that their fans are singing to them, "You're not fit to wear the shirt," as they've left the pitch tonight. You know they'll be right up for it on Wednesday. My favourite tweet of last week, when I was scrolling through the Jonathan Woodgate coverage after they lost to Luton, was one of their fans described him as a footballing Nazi, which is <laughs> just so completely insultingly meaningless. Um, I can't help but admire that it's got to that point at uh, at Borough. Um, it's just such a Absolutely random, enormously offensive lashing out <laughs> at somebody that uh, that you have to say. I mean, I've just opened the stats. How do you address that? Their game today, you you might think it was a narrow a narrow victory for Barnes, but eighteen shots versus five. I mean, they've absolutely battered him by the sounds of it. They've had Borough have only managed one hundred and ninety accurate passes in the whole game. 
Oh shit, yeah, shit, we better win. When I open this up, is going to uh, look very foolish when we don't. The uh, when I open up Sofa Score for the ads, it says that the key man for uh, Barnsley today, pulling all the strings, Alex Mowat, player of the game. Hey, let's tell you what. Let's talk about Leeds, shall we? Hey, I'm, I brought I'm it back to Alex Mowat. Yeah, this you is don't about, get more Leeds than uh, this is about today's match. MC freestyle. We'll worry about that on Tuesday, but uh, um, Wednesday. Well, no, when we record on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, Kiko, he's won us that game at the death there, hasn't he? Really. Yeah, I suppose. Good save. <laughs> it's a good. I mean, and, and it's a nice way for him to sign off before he goes on his uh, holidays. Summer holidays. Yes. That's, we'll see you next season, Kiko. Thank you very much. It is a sign of how good it was that Bielsa, how good a save it was that Bielsa went onto the pitch to shake his hand, which he does not do. I think the only other time I can think of him, I know last week he gave Alioski and Baradi a hug, but they were the substitutes, so he did that in the, the safety of the technical area. The only other times I can remember him being on the pitch at full time was Brentford last year when Pablo Hernandez was just sobbing in tears and he had to go back to him and, and sort of do do what they talk about when Pablo flashes back to Vietnam and he, he just needs a reminder that this is, no, it's it's it's, it's the 21st century, that's all over now. Um, but yeah, so that, that seemed um, significant and there was, somebody has has tweeted the info from behind the bench. It looked like Casilla played the second half with an injured hand, um, which ties in because Meslier was doing a lot of warming up um, at half time, And at the start of the second half, he got together with um, the goalkeeper coach and uh, Casilla, and Casilla was kind of holding a hand up. I did wonder as if he was kind of like, yeah... He was kind of pointing at. I'm allowed to finger. use these. I can use these. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ilan, they've just told me the craziest thing. <laughs> um, so he's. You, it all plays into uh, to just what an absolute um, stand-up, solid hero, fine character. As I'm sure it seems like this week. I don't know what the circumstances were, but a lot of people got together in London just to talk about what a great guy Kiko Kassir is. Um, people coming from far and wide just to, to come and, and tell a panel who seemed to be taking an interest in the matter is a good man. Um, and we saw it today with the, with that save. But for, yeah, I wish that save had been unnecessary. Did you notice on um, Meslier's warm-up that one of them, the first shot I saw him face against the goalkeeper coach who was just trying to warm him up, absolutely twatted it into the side netting from about, from about 12 yards away. I thought... Trying to give him some confidence. Christ. There's another one, yeah. He he um he volleyed it like at his head and into the net from about six yards out, just smacked in. I don't think anybody would have been able to stop that one, but maybe this is why Kiko's in the state he's in. He's having to face daily trauma. <laughs> so uh, yes, it's uh right today, knife throwing, getting the goal. <laughs> would you have uh, been surprised if the FA had announced the ban at half time? <laughs> Immediately suspended as of now. And we got to play with ten. Form in that respect. Something we, we did try today by having Patrick Bamford on the pitch. <sighs> I mean, there is, it was it was very Bamfordy today, wasn't it? Very Bamfordy. I, I feel like it's almost irrelevant because we won. So I don't know what what particular benefit there is in in hammering in uh, Pat Bamford, but we could give it five minutes, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that annoyed me with him today is it felt like he has stopped trying to score goals, which may sound silly because mm. I'm sure he would still like one. Like he almost he doesn't want to be there to miss the chance from six yards, so he's just making sure he's not there. Is a bit how it feels. Yeah, there's there's almost an argument that he just needs to get out of the way. Just we're we're trying to score here, Pat, because his his best work is outside the box. We've been saying that for ages. So if he just sticks to all that build up play, and then when we are getting into the area, somebody else be the striker. Um, he did five minutes to go. 
he had a shot uh, over from about 20 yards, which wasn't miles over and it wasn't miles wide. And I was glad he took it on because it, it was a kind of thing... Um, I think a lot of the groans and moans that were greeting the stuff he was doing today was when he wasn't doing that kind of striker stuff, that try to score stuff. So the he he ran through and the, you could see the the opportunity opening up for him to just try and leather it from outside the penalty area, and he did. So I'm like, good, thank you, Patrick. It doesn't matter they didn't go in. Well, that's what strikers decent do. Decent attempt, yeah. And we don't see it often enough from the, the team in... In general, I think, where there's those goals from miles outside the box. Mm. So I was happy for him to have a go. It didn't quite make up for the the one in the first half when Jackie cut it back and he tried to hit it. We tried to, to shoot with his left foot and completely missed his kick. And think- then the ball came back to him. Jackie gave it back to him for a quick one-two, said, right, let's make another chance. And he just booted the ball over the goal line. It's like two in very quick succession. We're just thinking, come on, Bamford, we need you. He wasn't the only one who wasn't quite on the well, game Well, that's, that's what I was about to say. Do you not think the others are culpable as well? Well, the others tend to space it out. They don't do two things in the penalty area in 10 seconds that make you think, please, just 15 minutes gone. Kevin, on the pitch. <laughs> um, yeah, so... But because there's a thing, there's a moment today when Bamford, he did that, uh, I think it was, was it first half, maybe second, can't remember. But either way, he, um, it was second, he did that really good work right on the edge of our area where he, he tracked back, mm. won the ball back, did some neat things with his feet, got it out and created an attack, an attack that I think he ended up trying to get involved with as well. Yeah, that's where it goes wrong. <laughs> Just don't do that. Just maybe uh, when Calvin Phillips went off, as an argument, dropping him in there, defensive midfield. Seemed to, it's actually, I mean, it's no crazier than we were listening to the radio leads mm. phone in as we came in when there's all this argument about playing him as a number 10. He can't pass he can't control the ball he can't kick straight he's got no confidence so let's drop Pablo Hernandez who is whatever his form um, our best technical player and let's put him in a position that he's completely ill-suited to so that we can get uh, Jean-Kevin Augustin on the pitch and I don't know just completely ruin Patrick Bamford's life mm. even more I but don't think is, that's the solution but he probably is, defensive midfield is not the solution either he is an, uh, an enigma in that respect though isn't he it's kind of you can quite clearly see he's not really cut out for this kind of striker role. But where else do you put him? But he well, also he on also, the bench. But he, no, yeah, but he, you get big Kev fit and you just drop him. I think that's the thing. But he, he brings a lot to the team, is <laughs> yes, what I was going to say. He brings a lot to the team, but except he can't do the bit he can. We kind of need him to do. Yeah, I mean, he's got to his mid twenties being a striker. So, but he, he probably but needs to just continue he, doing it. But he was a wide forward as well. He's played like you know as a as a centre forward rather than a striker before when he's played in a two, um, and he's also played like as a wide attacker, not a winger as such, but you know one of the sort of wide men. We do have to remember he did score that hat trick for Middlesbrough against us when he was playing on the left of a three, and maybe those are the two conditions he needs. He needs to be on the the left of a three, and he needs to be uh, playing against Leeds because he fucking hates us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. But no, I think, I like I say, I don't think Bamford is a particularly big deal today. I've kind of, um, as part of my sort of zen approach to the promotion running, I'm much more accepting of the situation than, and of all the situations than I was in September and October where you felt like, no, we need to change this. We need to get something in place for the rest of the season. Now with what yeah. we've got, 12 games to go, I'm just like, look. It is what it is. Yeah, Pat Bamford is Pat Bamford and he's going to be Pat Bamford for the rest of his life. And so changing Pat Bamford between now and May feels like it's just not going to be practical. So we just need to get Kevin fit enough to be an alternative and then just put them on the pitch at different times and see which one of them can score a goal because, you know, Patrick Bamford is going to play 
even if it's off the bench because Big Kev might take his place. He is going to be playing for Leeds United for the rest of the season. So it's a little bit like, you know, Alioski bites people. Um, Harrison's final ball is is not great. Kiko Garcia um, has, um, says things. <laughs> All those, that kind of stuff. I'm just kind of like, this, yeah. is, this is us now. It's what we are, yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A word on Harrison today then and his performance. What do you reckon? He wasn't as involved as he generally is today. I didn't think. Second half, I thought he did some quite nice stuff. Very twisty, isn't he? Very twisty player. Twisty, twisty. Then another twist. He's, he's quite good. And there was one really nice thing he did on the edge of the box. It was at the far end, so I didn't get a proper view of it. But I, th- I think he got the ball off Charlie Adam, who admittedly is the slowest of the slow players. I mean, how he's on the pitch, I've no idea. Because you, you, I don't accept he's coming to the end of his career and stuff. He's you, passed at the end of his career. But, but you come on and you expect that you'd at least be able to run around for a bit. If you're only being asked to do 10 minutes, you'd think he'd be able to run some of the time. That one when he had the ball and he ran, well, he walked through the middle. <laughs> it was painful. Oh, I've just, I've just looked it up, actually, just out of, um, out of interest. He is younger than Cristiano Ronaldo. Charlie Adam? Yep. Wow. <laughs> almost, I, you know, almost some very similar specimens, though. And I absolutely adore Marcelo Bielsa's response to that. Uh, Jamie Shackleton? Right, go on there and mark him because you are the fastest little bastard I've ever seen um, in all my life. And you see that old horse, go and run around it and confuse it until it falls over. It. I, feel, I felt bad because I think he'd probably only just got off the bench and stopped, stopped having to look at the terrifying face of Charlie Adam. And he probably Shackleton was probably having a nice little rest from the wizened old man that had, had been running up and down the touchline. And then he's like, nope, you've got to go on and stand really close to him now. He's like, oh, Dad. Um, I thought Jackie was good. I thought um, Helder Costa was good as well, particularly. I thought defensively today, 
he was really good. Um, a lot of times he was getting back and winning the ball and then um, using it quite well. He was, he's. I know this sounds like a really limited thing to be to be admiring your fifteen million pound winger for, but winning throw-ins by booting off their players when we're trying to defend. I thought, great, goes back, wins the tackle, wins the throwing, cool yeah, job good, done, good at that. and it's really good. And some of his um, his stuff, he's he is when he gets into tight spaces. I think he might be getting better at this because he's. The talk of him before he arrived is it's all kind of on the, the counter, play the ball in front of him into space and he'll, he'll race after it like um, all the horses Charlie Adams dreams of being. But he's getting quite good at when um, Pablo passes one of those balls that just is going to come to a halt on the actual byline of then getting there and rolling it back in and around somebody and then zipping it across the, the six-yard box where... Stuff doesn't happen. Um, I like Costa. I like him too, and I think uh, I think he may him and Harrison with their, their final ball thing. Um, they might look better if we did have that um, fox in the box, Francis Jeffers. Yeah, and when we're not playing, <laughs> that, that's the answer, is it? <laughs> yes, I think Francis so. Jeffers. Francis <laughs> Jeffers. <laughs> Where did you pluck that from? <laughs> because that's what. Um, Arsene Wenger called him when he signed him. He said, we need a fox in the box. And, and then, then he, he did absolutely nothing for Arsenal. <laughs> I was saying, he said he called him that and then he never scored a goal again. No. Oh, dear me. Um, I was going to say, um, and when we're not playing against teams who completely pack the box like that all the time, which is what we face nearly every week, most of the time, eight men just in that six-yard box. So it'd be interesting when we've got a bit more space, when we're in the Premier League. When we are. I think Costa and Harrison, the pair of them are... They're right on the verge of being the two best wingers in this league. Yeah. They, they really do look better than pretty much everyone we face. It's just that it's hard to say whether it is their fault or whether it's the fault of people they're passing to because I've no doubt as well that, this, not to just put this on Bamford, I'm sure across the season Costa has count, had countless times where he's cut it back to Hernandez or Klitsch or yeah. Harrison or Alioski or someone who should just bloody score as well. That's the one that annoyed me with uh, with old Bambo. It was cut back to him by somebody and it was... If he'd, I mean, we watched uh, Mitrovic. Is it Monray passed it? He laid it off to Ben White. And yeah, <laughs> I know. Which one of you is the goal scorer here? He Just, was on his right foot, wasn't it? I think, well, I mean, he was also, he was sort of side onto goal. So he needed to, to take a touch into space, turn and shoot. But do it. Which is his weaker foot when it comes to striking? Is Both his right or his left? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pinched my joke. Uh, uh, let's talk about Calvin, because um, that was a bit worrisome. It still is a bit a bit worrisome. He's, he did. He came on the pitch at the end, yeah. And he's walking. He's moving. He did a lot of. Um, I think he's officially taken over from Pontus Janssen now with the South Stand of of uh, celebrating, doing the. Right, right, right. He did that twice, and his legs did not collapse under him. Um, I was pleased to see him at the end because you you worry he's going to have straight to hospital. Yeah, or with a big leg brace on, you know, like the, the sort of thing Barry Douglas was on on holiday wearing, like a, a thing that means you can't move it. Because there was some talk about, well, it looks like it could be a, a cruciate ligament or something, the way he mm. went down, the way he was walking and stuff. But I think if you've done that, you're not just allowed to have a wander around the pitch, are you? No, and he, was, he wasn't walking like somebody who... Like, there was no was evidence of, Not at full time, I didn't think. I thought he was walking... Hopping. He was hopping around. <laughs> Like a little spring rabbit. The wheel that they'd put on the, <laughs> on that leg was help, helping his mobility. Uh, he didn't look as if he was particularly distressed at full time. So, and certainly, he would, if you thought perhaps that your ACL had gone and you're going to be out of football for the next six months to a year, I don't know if you'd be in front of the South Stand anyway, you know, giving it lots of big smiley and um, cheery. You'd 
you'd be crying in the dressing room, um, even if you are football's nicest person. Do we know how he did it, for sure? One of the Reading players just kicked him. I don't think it was for sure. Well, did he get given a bit of a hospital pass, something like that? I don't know. He just lay down on it. Maybe he'd had enough. It was a weird reaction to his injury because there was a, a bit of an attempt to get a song going, but mainly that the stadium was just silent <laughs> while he was laying on the pitch and then he was walking off and it was still silent and he broke into a half jog and everyone went ah <laughs> it's fine he can, his legs are still looking. he lives he lives but then he did go off about 10 minutes later and then Helder Costa went down as well looking uh, done because he didn't oh, there was nothing wrong with that you could tell there was nothing wrong with him mm, he had a big old limp he was limping around a little bit as well and then if we think Kiko did his hand after that as well there was a um, we were running out of players for a, for a little while in there. Did he, you not think we played better actually after Calvin went off? Because he wasn't having the best of games. He was he's a bit sloppy. Yeah, he wasn't brilliant. Um, maybe better. Reading's tactic seems to be um, their lads in midfield, apart from Jonathan Swift, were all just good at getting the ball and running past Calvin really fast. Um, and that seemed to stop when Calvin went off. I don't know if it's because Ben White is an effective defender and um, was able to to stop that. Um, I did kind of think somebody was heading for a red card with the way those players just kept running through and the way our tackles kept bringing them down. I didn't think it was going to lead to a goal because they essentially just, you know, they gave it to one of their forward players and that was the end of it. But um, we were fine. I, I think we can probably be without him against Middlesbrough because, I mean, we could play the the reserves and we'll win against Middlesbrough um, <laughs> Good. and then you know I'm not too frightened about Hull so if uh, if Calvin wants to take the week off to get over whatever whatever is wrong with him there um, <laughs> Jesus that's fine and then we'll bring him back for the the bigger games a quick word the left turn now but a quick word for uh, for Pep Clotet before you move on to that <laughs> in that case I've just opened um, I thought you'd still be talking about our game but um, Bielsa on um, Phillips's injury he says I think it's a kick but I don't know if this and then in square brackets it says will evolve as a serious injury or not sepsis has already st- set in um, and, we may be able to save the leg and, uh, and then he says White helped the team making the defence solid but Calvin uh, had managed the ball in a different way and then he's, he's talking about football I'm already I'm lost um, <laughs> but yeah so he says he, he doesn't know if it's going to be yeah serious but he believes it's a kick but uh, Thomas Christensen I believe has uh, trademarked saying it was a kick sounds like the uh, Michael Normanson school of physiotherapy that one <laughs> sort of injury was it a kick, kick. <laughs> yes uh, and I was going to say a quick word for Birmingham and Pep Clotet who's kept, keeps fighting the good fight um, <sighs> versus um, a snake very, yeah. very very funny at Did full time to, see see that, to see that result that, yeah that they scored in the 91st minute beautiful <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Everyone likes to see a last minute goal at, at Birmingham, don't I they? I looked at um at half time and I was kind of because our game was a bit boring, I was toying with the idea of whether I could get to Birmingham. Because <laughs> it was just warm. I noticed that Gary Gardner of Birmingham got booked for simulation two minutes before half time. And I could just kind of see Gary Monk kind of making that point to Pep Clotet and it all, you know Fractious. Yeah, things getting fractious and then for it to end with a um a ninety first minute equaliser in a three or the tension of a Monopoly game Christmas Day afternoon and just, with the family that you sort of resent and just Pep Clotet's face <laughs> as well when that goes in because he won't he won't have celebrated 
big star or just a, a smile a to bit. himself. And then, uh, and then we need to, yeah, there's not time now to go into whether there's been handshakes or whether Gary Monk has ostentatiously showed his back again or pretended he needs to tie his shoelaces or whatever other nonsense he needs to do to avoid um, football's second nicest person after Calvin Phillips. But um, yeah, that's good. And Middlesbrough losing to Barnsley after losing to Luton. Hilarious. Um, West Brom. Huddersfield are in trouble. As well, massive trouble. That's funny. But And then you've got to remember, we counted this up before, uh, Sheffield Wednesday and uh, Derby are 14 points clear of above Barnsley, who are 22nd. So if they do get these healthy um, points deductions, all gets very interesting down there. Um, it's It almost makes me... I already wanted this, but if we could have our affairs sewn up before the Charlton game, you know, safe, we know we're finishing third, everything's established, it's all cool. <laughs> so we can just watch all that chaos going on on the final day because it is warming up down there for... I mean, let's just imagine uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Derby going down on the final day because they've had a points deduction that put them in the mix and then... oh, Can we just say, this is quite funny, I'm just looking at the table now, Sheffield Wednesday are on 45 points. Uh, we've had a terrible run of form, as we've discussed at length over the last couple of months. However, we are now 17 points in front of them. They were going to overtake us when mm. they beat us at Allen Road. That's quite something, isn't it? This is it. And now you look... It's mental, And isn't then it? Preston have appeared from nowhere and could be going up through the playoffs. We could be playing them in the playoffs. We're not going to be playing them in the playoffs. Um, yeah, it's it's a mad, mad division. And the fact that uh, we'll, one day we'll look back on all this and laugh and say, how did we manage to lose all those games and draw all those games and have such bad form and still be promoted easily with weeks to spare. Yeah, I mean, people hold up, and I was saying this to somebody, I was going to chat with them uh, through the week, that we look back on the 89-90 season and people over a certain age will tell you it's the best season they've ever seen. And I would probably agree with them. I think I enjoyed 89-90, the outcome, possibly even more than Mm 91-92. It was like the cherry on the icing on the cake. It was fairly torrid in 1990. It was yeah. horrible and tense after Christmas, all the way up to and including Barnsley right towards the end when then it also came good in the last 10 minutes against Leicester uh, and then at Bournemouth as well. But even then, it was a dreadful experience. Last day, wasn't it? Yeah. People forget that because Bournemouth is such a happy memory for so many people, not for obviously the people of Bournemouth. Yeah. Residents um, of Bournemouth didn't really seem to get down with it that much. No, but uh, if we hadn't won... Joyless, imagine, joyless people, aren't they, down there? Imagine if we'd not beaten them. Mm. Like that's what it came down to we had to beat Bournemouth on the last day today was verging on not enjoyable wasn't it mm. well we were the better team Reading ruined everything there's just yeah, yeah we were better than them they were rubbish but it's just nah it'd be, much, it'd be just so nice if we could just go into that last few minutes two or three up and just be like okay well we have, is... we have got Middlesbrough on Wednesday I mean there's a very real possibility if the game's anything like the one at Ellen Road that that should be the case I mean we can't we couldn't really ask for a better game coming up no. probably not no <laughs> you sound terrified. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it is it, it is subjectively true that, that, that they are on a terrible run of form and we are on now. Does this have to class as a good run of form? Yeah, but, but and ask yourself this question. What is, what are, well, let's put them both in the mix. What are Jonathan Woodgate and Robbie Keane going to do to change their form between Saturday tea time and Wednesday night? I'm, I'll answer that question for you. Fuck all. <laughs> I just looked, Middlesbrough last won a game on the 1st of January. Yes. Quite a long time ago, that. Mm. They're overdue one. (laughs) But they're terrible. They are terrible. A quick word, Dan, for heroes and villains from today. Uh, Villain, 
Uh, their number 21, Michael Alois, who wasn't supposed to start, but somebody dropped out, for trying to take a throw-in when it was the most obvious Leeds United throw-in I've ever seen in my entire life. He was also quite good, which didn't help. Um, but yeah, that was an absolute Was that outrage. the one that, that Costa won down on the right? It was, yeah, and yeah. then he picked up and tried to take it, and there was a slight... Neither yeah, the referee or indicated. the linesman actually indicated which way that was going. Because it was fucking obvious. It should still point. Well, You've got one job, just point. It's that guy from Australia who was on the... They did the microphone for his last match down there, so maybe... maybe. Ah, it's that guy, is it? Yeah. I knew it was Australian, didn't realise it was the, that fella. Maybe uh, it's like with the... Maybe they don't point in Australia, I don't know. Well, Neil <laughs> Kilkenny pointed a lot, didn't he? Heroes? Uh, my lucky fingernail. Oh, yes. I found a, um, uh, a falsy on the gantry. Yeah, you were ready. And uh, and I assume it was there for the, the Bristol match as well, because it must have been. Um, and so we won the Bristol game. We won this it's one. It's quite pink and sparkly, though. So, is it, yeah, is it Phil Hayes? It's pink. I did. I asked about. Nobody's seems aware of it. Yeah, it's pink with um, sparkles around the edges. People so far seem to think it's quite grim that I've picked this up and pocketed it. But well, I don't if, see if, the they, if they saw your fingernail collection... <laughs> Then I they'd, did, be, I didn't, then they'd be impressed. I say at least it's not been uh, been wrenched off a off a woman as the rest of them have it's, been. It's just a <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> it's just a piece he's, of. He's a, committed no crimes. It's yeah, just a piece clear. of uh, sparkly acrylic. It's absolutely fine. Well, that went very dark towards the end, didn't it? So, uh, heroes. Yeah, I'm trying, I, want you, I want you to wear that until we lose a game. Every game, I want you. To, I want you to go to the shop, buy some adhesive, and I want you to stick it on your little finger. Here's its power. So you'll hate the fact that I'm about to to set the dinger off like anything. But we are... So you saw what happened with Kiko Kassir in the closing stages of that match. About a minute before that, I'd had the fucking full thing from Phil Hay where he's going, oh, think this one's in the bag, this one, think we're all fine here. And I had to turn to him and I said, right, this is now the power of the curses. This is Phil Hay versus my lucky fingernail. And I was... This doesn't uh, help um, on the, the... For listening but I was making the sign of a cross in front of him as if I was doing an exorcism because yeah. I'm, I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> I don't want to sit next to him anymore when it's like three minutes to go and he's sitting there saying, oh, I think this is all going to be fine. And then they're running through and Kiko Kassir, of all people, is saving the day. So, But now I've got my, uh, my lucky acrylic, my lucky falsy will um, ward off evil Scotsman. Because oh, we've partnered up with The Athletic, we should mention, because we're talking about Phil Hay, that um, you can get 50% off yeah, your subscription. Right, and I want to mention that's not the reason I brought this up because that uh, sounds me. horrible. Theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball if you want to get a free trial and 50% off. We have to mention that. So will, I get, um, will I get free fingernails? If you want them. I mean, you take them anyway. Um, let's wrap it up then, but any more heroes and villains to add? I feel like... Stuart Dallas deserves a nomination just for his... Well, in fact, all of our players, just because it's never a straight swap, is it? Whenever a player goes off, it's always like, OK, he can go there, you go, you move to the other side of the pitch, you drop in a bit. They're good at doing it. All of them? Well, all of the defensive I want to players. nominate, with that in mind, Gianni Alioski for reminding us how good a job Stuart Dallas has been doing whilst he's been at fullback. He wasn't that there was bad, nothing was wrong with Alioski today. It's just the tendency that he has to um, make terrible decisions whilst never being abysmal. Just, oh, he always, just, you know, kick it into the man or, you know, he wasn't he was today. fine. No. All right, he was fine. Oh, we needed his energy because there was the risk of bringing Barry Douglas on because they kept playing it. I was just joking. Down that side to uh, Mate, who looked quite fast. Um, I was glad that it was Alioski down there to kind of just do the random, really running fast thing rather than Baz Dog doing the kind of uh, always 
chasing somebody quite slowly. I'd like to see uh, Charlie Adam and Charlie Adam and Barry Douglas in a race. Okay, are we done there? I think so. I think so. On to Wednesday, right? We'll reconvene on Tuesday to do the regular square ball podcast with a preview the laughable match that we've got on Wednesday night and uh, match ball for you after the match on Wednesday night. And uh, other than that, we'll speak to you soon. Oh, and 10% off your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. See you in a bit. The square ball podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.